podcast and play nobody SP plus sunday edition we are back and let me tell you something we have not gone we have not gone hurry up no huddle in a while this is going to be sloppy um i try to prepare as best as i could and then you handed me a SP plus with vanderbilt in it so yep. you, you will explain yourself in just a second sure uh this is podcast and play nobody it's a college football marriage of numbers and words with an occasional affair with the NFL in a motel on the edge of town. Um, that's Robot Bill Connolly at SBN underscore Bill C. My name is Stephen Godfrey at 38 Godfrey. If you like this, uh, catch us during the week when we do a real show. This is your Sunday S&P Plus reveal after week two, Billiam. Are mm-hmm. you ready to set the timer and start? With 25 <laughs> is, best teams in college football. This is going to be a disaster. Let's go. I mean, I'm putting this little fat segment in up front just so you and I can like be fully stretched and aware. I planned... I'm just going to, we're going to go behind the curtain. I mapped out 35 teams this, from this, last this week's S and P plus last really week, Bill do any pre-work here. That's just, the, it backfired on you. Just, as I had games going yesterday and figuring out what the hell I'm going to write about this week. I'm like, Oh, I need to keep tabs of this just so, so the S and P plus shows is, is a little bit more informative. And then you stupid numbers ready, Bill yep. timer is on starting now at 25 central florida central florida is in my posse i'm still working on a name for it um but it's essentially just like my group of five bangers where i really do think i could put them against anybody in the p5 it would be a hell of a game Mm -hmm. um central florida you are going to notice a theme in this the theme is blew out an fcs opponent nobody cares okay central florida they blew out uh south carolina state in a shutout there's nothing to say about them let's move on 24 Here's something to definitely say about a, a, oh, a P5, but they always feel like a G5 to me. Utah struggled with Northern Illinois, Bill. This yep. was an ugly game. Yep. Yeah, Utah – well, okay, Northern Illinois' defense, though, is quite good, and that's where they struggled. They didn't struggle at all with Northern Illinois' bad offense. And so, basically, um, they just eventually figured out how to move the ball uh, on it. Like, right now, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois is ninth – in defensive S&P Plus, they were good last wow. year. They have, I think, what, Sutton Smith, one of the best defensive players in the country. So, I mean, the fact that that all kind of, you know, shook down that way, like that's – I don't have any problem with them uh, being where they are. They dramatically outdid them from a big play perspective. They they generated more scoring opportunities, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Northern Illinois is not that bad. So, this is not a uh, – uh, that was not a bad result for them. Here's what you need to know. Washington is coming next week for Utah. They had to come from behind at home to beat the Huskies and they were sacked six times and they didn't really run the ball that well either. So take that for what you will mm-hmm. at 23 bill. Yeah. Uh, what handle the, your business? What handle Vanderbilt, your business. uh, business. literally a game that took place like a second from me that I forgot was existing. And I think most of the fans in Nashville did too. S&P Vanderbilt plus never forgets. Why is Vanderbilt at 23 after beating Nevada? <laughs> so basically, S&P plus respects when you handle your business. That's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the whole, like, don't mess around just, just to handle it. And uh, right now we're, you know, they've had two results. They uh, thumped an, an okay middle Tennessee. They always handle middle Tennessee. Well, there's no question about that. Uh, they seem to know how, how to defend that, uh, that team pretty well. It was 35, seven. And then this week they go and they handle their business. But Vanderbilt or excuse me, Nevada jumps out. Yeah, it does pretty well early on. What was it? Uh, it was like 17, 10 at half or something like that. I mean, like uh, Vandy was ahead, but then, you know, they, they cut it close and then, you know, Vanderbilt just lays the hammer down in the, in the third quarter. Nevada's not, 
terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to overstate that part, but it really is just basically play efficient uh, uh, and, and treat bad teams like they're supposed to be treated. And all right. All right. We got to uh, see, look, you're not in hurry shape. All right. Number 22, the old Texas Christian university horned frogs thereof. Uh, they won the skillet again, 42 to 14 on Friday night, uh, ugly weather game against SMU. There was yeah. a, uh, a lot of rain moving through DFW SM SMU. Here was the fun stat 2.8 yards per pass. Um, this is probably just kind of throw it out. I still like SMU and Sunny Dykes in the long run, but yeah, we get to talk about TC a lot this week because they're going to play a really good football game. Yeah, against yeah, the Ohio State. Game. Uh, yeah, Sean Robinson. I, I watched a good amount of that game. Sean Robinson looked like a quarterback for TCU. He ended up 15 for 28 for 146. That's not great, but he started like one for six for minus four or something like that. His receivers were dry. He was making bad decisions. He was kind of weirded out by the weather. It seemed like, but once they yeah. settled down, I mean, the SMU off uh, the SMU offense after an early touchdown, was never a threat to do anything. Uh, and TCU just kind of waited them out. Going to be a really fun game next week. Uh, we can skip over number 21. That would be your West Virginia Mountaineers. Bill, what's the theme this week? Handle your business. No, it's FCS blowout. Um, well, so, my, yeah, theme, was, my theme is handle your business. That's what West Virginia did. Well, they certainly did. They blew out Youngstown. We're going to move on to 20. Uh, the Memphis Tigers, they lost. Upset game. Another weather game related, in my opinion, definitely, because that's not the Memphis passing offense that should be. It's not a slight against Navy. Memphis goes to Annapolis. They lose. Navy comes back. Navy has two huge long drives at the end of the game after looking not great on offense for most of the game really the point where I was like, is Navy bad? I don't understand what's going on. Uh, Memphis had four turnovers again, really bad rain in Annapolis. Yeah. They're right up against the water there. I think this is one you kind of throw out in the long view. Uh, Memphis well, is still a very good G five team, but, but you know what? They're still Navy. They yep. can do that to you. Yeah. And um, we can't throw out bad weather games because we're going to have nothing but bad weather games mm. for the rest of the month. It sounds like so fair. That's be a good point. Part of the deal. So here, here's the one thing I'll say about Memphis Navy, why they only fell five spots and not more. Post game win probability for this game. That's post game. That's where I kind of look at the stats of the game. Well, I don't personally, but you know, the, the, the algorithms do. And basically said with these success rates and yards per play and field position and blah, 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 you would have expected to win this game X percent of the time. Yeah. Um, Memphis's post game win probability in this loss was 97.8%. So this is this uh, we're, we're, we've, we've put, we've stuck it, the marker out there. This was the least likely win of the season so far. Um, yeah. They averaged 7.7 .7 yards per play to Navy's four, 45% success rate to Navy's 38. Uh, and they lost <laughs> like that's hard to do. And, and turnovers were the major, the major thing there. Um, like it, it definitely skewed about 12 points in Navy's favor in a one point win. So good, I mean, good for Navy. Good for Navy yeah, I was going to say absolutely huge win for the yeah. middies just coming off of that loss at Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, they're Navy, they're badass. Uh, we can skip number 19 Toledo because they didn't play anybody. They had the dreaded week two by every coach in the world hates that. Uh, number 18, uh, basically on a buy was Auburn. They got to tune it up. They beat, uh, was Alabama state. Yeah. So when you schedule a team uh, and Alabama state, I think heading into last week in the Saturn rankings, which is kind of one of the places I pull FCS status from, they were like 13th from the bottom. So it, yeah. it was basically like, I mean, it's like Auburn playing a Georgia state, only the Georgia state of the FCS. Mm -hmm. and, um, and basically the projected score was 80 to nothing. Now the way this works, you don't have to actually win 80 to nothing. Like you win by 80 or you lose or you fall. 
But um, they started out a game with a three and out. They were sloppy at the beginning. And basically when you're playing that bad a team, you can't have any sort of screw up or you're going to, you're going to low, you're going to, you're going to sink in the rankings a little bit. So Auburn's fine. Uh, but this was a weird little glitchy result um, where they handled where they merely dominated and therefore fell uh, and they'll be fine. Uh, translated bill hates your team. Yep. Uh, uh, Auburn fans contact me. I know where he lives. <laughs> well, uh, I, mean, I, I think Auburn fans are pretty close to it too. They, they've been number 17 is a, a, a game that I, you know, we, I think most people didn't watch kind of kept one eye on the scoreboard. Uh, so Notre Dame is two and oh, they're at 17. This was a, a not fun game to watch casually 24 to 16. They beat up on ball state. who was a 34 and a half point underdog. Um, ball state has nine seniors on their entire football team. <laughs> Uh, Notre Dame, Brandon, uh, excuse me, Brandon Wimbush had three picks. He was sacked four times. Uh, Notre Dame ended up scoring twice on short drives because of interceptions from ball state. Ugly, 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 ugly. Yeah. Yeah. They won this game with field position and a little bit of a, of an efficiency advantage, but I mean, ball state might not be bad. They were projected to cover anyway. Um, and so whatever, but yeah, they handled their business, not in a way that, you know, they, they didn't, it didn't reflect the top 10 team. So they fell, uh, but yeah, they're fine. Uh, tell me about Missouri. They beat my beloved Wyoming Cowboys, right, my, my favorite team pain. in the world. The you were there. Oof, man, they whooped them. What happened to my beloved Wyoming Cowboy defense? Uh, Missouri yeah. coming in at number 16, by the way, they're two and O. Yeah. So uh, Wyoming, you know, had nothing to offer offensively, just like last year. <clears throat> and um, on defense, they basically, like I, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, they play sound defense and they forced you to go out and make plays. And for the first like quarter and a half, Missouri couldn't, they, you know, they, they missed a couple of field goals. They, they suffered a fumble. They, they were kind of in their own way a little bit. And Wyoming's happy to let you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like three, nothing halfway through the second quarter. And then Missouri started making plays. Uh, they were, they were playing really tight coverage on Emmanuel Hall. Emmanuel Hall is one of the best receivers in the country. Um, and he had an enormous day by the end of the, the day. And, and Missouri was really just kind of like, we're going to do all these things. Okay. We're, we're, we're done messing around. Hey, Emmanuel, go deep, go deep again, go deep again. Now run a slant. And, and it got out of hand pretty fast. Number 15. Uh, everybody was wrong. I just to say everybody in a, in, in really a, a blanket sense here, but everybody wanted to pick on Penn state bill. What do we say about week one? What do we say about week one? Yeah, uh, that it really is uh, not something to overreact to, I think is what we say. Penn uh, State went into Pitt, I think by virtue of a bad schedule from the college football gods, which are just the people in Bristol. Uh, they kind of pushed this game against Pitt at Heinz Field into a primetime slot on ABC. Penn State, it was ugly. It was 7-6 for a while. Again, weather was an issue. Uh take out everything I say and criticize about teams having to play in NFL stadiums. When Pitt wants to be present and loud and angry in that stadium, they do a hell of a job. And then Penn state in the second half destroyed them. I was really impressed by their defense coming back. Obviously Pitt's offense is a little bit of a different entity than at state, especially when you're sleepy and it's week one, but uh, this was Penn state adjusting exactly the way that they needed to. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of concerns about Penn State's passing game. That's two games in a row where it was really pretty glitchy. Now, I mean, he when McSorley absolutely had to make plays at the end of the App State game, he did. Yes. Um, so that's probably a good sign. But yeah, overall, like I mean, he was 14 for 30 for 145. Uh, the problem was that Pitt uh, couldn't do anything, especially couldn't uh, throw the ball. Nine for 18 for 55. Uh, and Penn State got going with the run game. Sanders averaged or like for the, the team as a whole averaged uh, 6.4 yards a carry, and that was with uh, you know. 
seven carries for 12 yards from Mark Allen. Miles Sanders had a good game. McSorley had a couple nice runs. KJ Hamler had the, 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 the end around or whatever it was for the touchdown. Uh, and the defense was just awesome. It was like, and that was what I said, uh, you know, midweek they were, the defense was awesome for about three and a half quarters or two and a half quarters against app state. And then just kind of got distracted and took its eye off the ball and app state came back. They didn't get distracted this time. They just handled their business. Number 14, Texas A&M. Oh, we're going to talk about you in a second. <laughs> uh, number 13. Whoa. Handle Bill. your business. Bill jumping 11 spots to number 13 is the, are the undefeated Boston college dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Explain cool. this. Um, I, you know, it's basically like they, they took on a pretty bad UMass team, a disappointingly bad UMass team. Actually, they, they, I expected more from them against Georgia Southern this last week, but they're 94th uh, and BC treated them like a bad team winning 55, 21. Uh, and then they did what Auburn didn't do, or at least not quite as much. They took on a, a, a Holy cross team that isn't as bad as Alabama state, but isn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just went boom, 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 boom. And into the game as quickly as humanly possible. Um, <laughs> They blew out uh, Holy Cross 62 to 14. Yeah, they had um, eight scoring opportunities scored. Yeah, and they scored uh, eight touchdowns. That's that's hard to beat, especially when you're only giving up two scoring opportunities to Holy Cross. Um, The numbers like it when you do your job. Exactly. All right, Bill, how would you like a trio of good teams that showed us nothing new but didn't do anything bad because they just took care of business? How would you like that? Let's do it. All right. Well, we've got at number 12, LSU at number 11, Oklahoma state at number 10, Washington, everybody beat up on teams that they were supposed to, I was about to say it was an SCS trio. It was not because Oklahoma state played South Alabama. Um, is there anything to take away from I mean, the LSU thing? Scratch it was Sela. Um, you know, Washington, it, they were a little slow to, to, to build the belt to build the blowout as I, as I was scoreboard watching that game. And again, nothing really to pay attention to. Um, Oklahoma state, is there anything just real fast? This is more of a regular show topic. Do they look any different under Jim Knowles yet? Or we just don't know that yet. Yeah, I don't think we know. Um, I mean, South Alabama didn't have much of an offense last year. I don't know what really they've, they've figured out just yet uh, to that. There would be any different there. So I'm, I'm going to punt on learning about their defense, their offense. Um, I mean, Taylor Cornelius, Cornelius, 25 for 40 for 428. That sounds awfully Oklahoma state. Like, although Mm -hmm. he didn't throw two picks, that's something to watch with Boise state coming to town. Um, yeah, I mean, they just played, they played a ton of guys, uh, and, and, you know, Tyron Johnson, the LSU transfer had a big game. Tylen Wallace had a big game. Like they, they just kind of, they, they OSU'd South Alabama, the one of these three teams, I don't have anything to say about Washington. I mean, they, they handled their business, but, um, it was 17, nothing. And they completed a hail Mary at the end of the first half to go up uh, into the half, uh, 24, nothing. Uh, but Joe Burrow, even with that hail Mary ends up 10 for 20 for 151. That's eh. I mean, whatever the run game is the most important thing for LSU and, and Brissett had another nice game. So that's fine, but I'm still not seeing just a whole heck of a lot from that, uh, uh, from that passing game. Um, Michigan jumped 13 spots there at 11 um, or excuse me. They're at nine They They jumped 13 spots to number nine. Uh, they beat the crap out of Western Michigan. Again, just like you're saying, you know, if rival themes, I guess that's fine. Um, they did what they did, what they were supposed to. Yeah. There's not a lot to take away from this other than the fact that um, Shea Patterson was 12 to 17, zero rushing yards <laughs> in a game like this. That's probably just fine. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. you just, you don't put a guy who is, that size and that build and that durability into any potential risk when you're beating the crap out of Western Michigan. But at the same time, you still 
I, I we still don't have an answer to the question of are they going to be able to utilize him in that offense right. that best mirrors his skill set. But this wasn't the week to answer that question. Right. And um they one thing that does allow me though to like I don't have anything to say about the Western Michigan game. I tried watching it a couple times. They're just like, this is mm-hmm. this is overmatched right here. Um but the Notre Dame game, uh, I was mentioning post game win probability earlier. Uh their post game win probability for that game was fifty eight percent. It was basically in the end. Now I mean we we watched the game so we know how it flowed. Like yeah. Notre Dame uh, got their stuff early Michigan came back late but in the end like looking at the full game stats the the yardage was pretty much the same they had a much better success rate they weren't relying on a couple of big plays um and so really you know, I, I know Notre Dame fans are, are mad that you know they're now behind Michigan um but that was a game that on paper was basically a toss-up that went to the home team and then in the in game two there's no question who looked better Michigan blew out Western Michigan and 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 Notre Dame kind of labored by Ball State there's a ton of stuff I want to say about Clemson and, and Texas A&M. Oh, Clemson comes in at eight, by the way. Um, it, it ends up being a two-point win. Obviously, the fourth quarter was probably the best fourth quarter we've had so far this year. Yes. Two weeks, I know. It's, it, but it's, it's a nice pace setter for the rest of the season as far as, far as a fun uh, team to watch. So let's back up a second. Texas A&M is at 14. Last mm-hmm. week, they were at 21. They jumped up. Your numbers are starting to reflect a quality that we didn't understand before the season. Um, we are going to talk a lot about this game this week. Obviously it was the, it was the marquee game. I thought it was going to be a wash. It wasn't, uh, you do come away with respect for A&M. My initial takeaway before you get into the nuts and bolts and everything is it was about as good a result as you could ask for, for both sides. <laughs> Clemson, they come out a <laughs> bottom line is they get the win. Mm-hmm. Go go. I'm not even going to do it. Cause we're running out of time. Go Google their schedule. Go check out yeah, Clemson's schedule. <laughs> oh my God. So Texas A&M. Um, literally every single thing that happens in the fourth quarter only goes to further Jimbo's agenda in college station, Mm -hmm. the money and the support and the recruiting that's going to get behind him. I think this was a win for both programs and damn near probably should have been a win for Texas A&M because when you go with the touchback call, the one that spills into the end zone, if you take that away and then you sell how fast Clemson gave the ball back, uh, when you combine that with a missed field goals early in the game, damn, damn dude. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, so a post game win probability for this game, Texas A&M 60 Clemson 40. Um, this was Clemson was lucky. Here's I, I, I said this a lot last year, but the one, the biggest problem I have with Clemson, the talents, obviously, you know, throughout the lineup, uh, they do not, they are content with letting the fight go to the judges scorecards. They do not, you know, unless they're playing South Carolina or something, they do not waste their time with a knockout punch. They mess mm-hmm. around. They let teams stay close. Uh, and when you've got a team that gets hot late, like A&M did, it, it can cost you severely. Um, so that really is like the one thing that I think separates a Clemson from, well, I guess in Alabama, that's all they're separated from at the moment. Uh, all right, let's hustle. Let's hustle. Really, really uh, does make it. Got to keep Bill on pace. Got to keep Bill on base. We're rusty. Uh, number seven is Wisconsin. They blew out. Uh, there's not much to say about this game. They blew out New Mexico. New Mexico had two turnovers in two minutes. And that basically was like yeah, it was just enough. A, it was close for a minute and then it wasn't. Uh, by the way, um, if you if you want some pure Wisconsin, just to just huff some pure pure Wisconsin, fifty nine rushes, eleven pass attempts, <laughs> pure Wisconsin baby. Uh, number six, Mississippi State. I had a bunch of very angry uh, K State fans in my mentions after the game saying they aren't that good. Well, they did absolutely everything they were supposed to. Um, the most important thing in this game, in my opinion, is the following: Nick Fitzgerald went out. He had a rush on third down. I think it was the first time he got some legitimate contact below mm. the waist. He got banged up. He's fine. He's better for it. He's back. 
and then Kylan Hill went 17 for for 211 yards. Yeah, yeah. They, so so damn, does that look like a Joe Moorhead offense? I know he can't throw the ball like McSorley, but damn, he can't throw the ball at all. And that like it's amazing how like they dominated, they controlled this game, they gave Kansas State massive field position in part because of a couple turnovers. Um, and like they they were never in danger. They did everything incredibly well, and they can't throw. Uh, I mean, the receivers dropped three or four passes early on. Fitzgerald had guys open a few times, especially in the second half and just missed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cannot throw like uh, he was 11 for 27. Keaton Thompson last week was something really close to that. Uh, and they are untouchable right now. Uh, that's how good the rest of the, like the other, the run offense, the run defense, the pass defense, it's all awesome. And in K-State, you know, has issues, but Mississippi State looked good and they can't pass yet. K-State might be bad. I, but Maybe. I'm not taking anything away from a Mississippi state team that other than long ball passing, um, I wouldn't count them out in any other facet of the game. Fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Hey, guess what? <laughs> guess what, Bill? The, uh, I'm well, I'm workshopping this. Okay. So I'm not going to be too confident about it. The murder Smurfs are back. So you said that last night and I swear I had heard that before. So I used it this uh, in my, uh, you know, when I put out the S and P plus rankings this week, I used that in the tweet and it got a lot of play. And so I feel like I just, I, I plagiarized you because I no, swear I've heard just that. Give before. me the credit. I don't okay. care. Well, that's fine. I'm giving you the credit here. I'm going to workshop blue hell, which I think was a little too obtuse. And then, so, I mean, I was just bored last night tweeting during the last shift. And so I was like, well, we'll try blue hell. And then I immediately was like, I like murder Smurfs better. I like that Smurfs opening, but just imagine they all have like knives or just semi-automatics. And then they want, once you get into the Smurf village, they just rock you and kill you and put your body in a barrel because that's exactly what they did at UConn. Yep. Um, I guess you could have comparative analytics with UCF. We'll save that for the show. Uh, Boise back, baby. Um, yeah, Boise looked good. And again, quarterback named Rippin. Google UConn. it. Like, yeah, I'm not, I don't, yeah, I don't want to overstay that. I mean, it was UConn. UConn's pretty bad. Uh, they, it was over in a minute and a half. Oh. They, it was it was bad. It was it was murder Smurfs. Um, Oklahoma number four. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal: they beat UCLA forty nine to twenty one. Kyler Murray had five touchdowns running and passing. Um, okay, okay, okay. UCLA good loss, bad loss. I don't know anymore. Like it, they're clearly a long term work in progress, which is sort of what rational people expected at UCLA. I don't think anyone has an issue with that. The biggest thing you take away from this game is that they lost Rodney Anderson. Yeah, that was obviously not. And I mean, they've got other stars and that's fine. Um, but that was, um, that was disappointing because otherwise it was just a, I mean, at number one, it was, I don't want to say a moral victory for UCLA, but they weren't bad. I mean, you can tell what Dorian Thompson Robinson has in him. Um, and it's just going to take a little while to get it all honed and tuned and all that. But uh, yeah, otherwise this was a nice test for Oklahoma. They had to handle their business and they did. Um, and we'll just kind of see, I, I, we haven't heard specifically how, bad the knee injury is yet, yeah. right or did we um as of this recording i don't know okay yeah i don't think we've heard yet so um, but we're also sort of in that sunday avalanche of news and we're all still getting used to the season bill number three i occasionally just like to it's nice when you're reminded that hey you're not as dumb as you think you are when it comes to the number side of the sport that you cover um i felt exactly like Georgia would do what they did. And so it was nice. Um, <laughs> also, I have this working theory now that I think Georgia is just an older, it's like an older model Alabama. But the only reason I really think that, I guess, is because it's just Jim Chaney offense. And, but it has like the best players of like the best players you can ask for, which is sort of the ethos, like pre lane Kiffin offenses at Alabama under Nick Saban, where it's just like, this is boring, highly effective. They ran for over 300 yards, by the way. Um, 
but like it's really damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the defense is obviously in very good shape as well. Uh, South Carolina had no hope of even pretending to run the ball. Uh, and once their receivers, you know, they had that, that, that initial touchdown was basically a, a, mm-hmm. kind of a decent Jake Bentley pass that, uh, that gets popped into the air by the receiver and goes the other way. So, I mean, once it was clear that South Carolina wasn't going to play perfect ball, uh, you kind of knew where this was headed. Good, good for South Carolina for responding. They were down like fourteen nothing in an instant, but they came back. It was like seventeen ten right before that field goal at the half. Um, and then Georgia said, "All right, well, we know uh, what we can do, and we are now going to end this game." And then they went out and ended the game. So, I mean, it was it was lovely. And now, I mean, you gotta <laughs> if Missouri doesn't pull an upset in two weeks, I mean, division race mm-hmm. is over. Like it's, it's yeah. over unless Kentucky has decided, you know, now that we're, we've got the Florida monkey off our back, it's going to be like, we're coached by bear Bryant again, which I'm going to doubt. Um, it, it really is just a race to see who the second best team in the, in that division is, which is what we've been saying for a while. Which S and P says it's either Missouri or Vanderbilt. <clears throat> makes total sense to me right now uh number two and number one obviously number two ohio state number one alabama um i'm just going to go ahead and apply fcs rules even though that ohio state played a conference game this weekend they led records 35 nothing at the half i have nothing to add from this nothing to glean from it 20 I don't for really... 23 i just have to say his, uh dwayne haskins a stat line out loud because it's it's so lovely 20 for 23 for 233 four touchdowns uh and then tate martell comes in and goes 10 for 10 for 121 oh my god uh, 33 for 354 and five touchdowns that's how they moved up despite only beating records alabama um they beat the crap out of arkansas state but they missed two point after touchdowns oh my god controversy in tuscaloosa don't well, ask me don't ask me about my kicker yeah i mean that's I, it, it is amazing that we that that's like the one aspect that nick saban hasn't quite figured out is how to have a good kicker he, he even he even got jk scott and mastered punting for a few years but that kicker situation is uh is mitigated by the fact that two attack of a low went 13 for 19 for 228 and four touchdowns. Um, so if you're keeping score at home uh, after two weeks of college football, S and P plus was an incredibly boring, but probably really good to watch, I guess uh, college football playoff, which would be Alabama and Oklahoma and Ohio state versus Georgia in the first round. Pretty chalky. I must say, <laughs> although my favorite part of that is right at number five, you got them, right. You got, you got blue so murder Alabama- sp- Murph hell Alabama beats Georgia in the sec title game bumps them down and you've got Alabama Boise and Ohio state, Oklahoma. And now yeah, that's going to happen. Freaking talking. That's, that's absolutely going to happen. Hey, Bill, guess what? Yeah. We did the entire 25. We have 22 seconds. To I was go. about to say, I felt like we were, we had extra time there and you had to cut me off. I had well, some, you were like, I you were lingering over some weird say. stuff, but I mean, that's going to be the most amazing insight I've ever delivered. And you cut me off. Which one? Which one when you were getting into the ethos know. of Oklahoma state? Sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. Vanderbilt's on your top 25. Don't get too, don't get too bossy here. All right. Yeah. That's 25 yeah. minutes. Boom. That's the top 25 from the S and P plus. As I turn my timer off, we hit it perfectly. Bill. I will see you Tuesday. (laughs) Sounds good.